Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to the podcast of the Lotus Eaters for the 20th of December, 2023. I'm joined by Esther Krakow. Whatever feels right. I, <laughs> I, I, I asked three times, twice, three times, and I still got it wrong. Um, but uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you this for having me. Um, and today we're going to be talking about a new film called The American Society of Magical Negroes, uh, Fat Airline Seats, How They're the Newest Frontier in Human Rights, and Whether Women Should Propose to Men. Absolutely not. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That's why I thought it would be a good topic to discuss. But before we begin, uh, got some announcements. Tomorrow, uh, Lads Hour is going to be at 3 o'clock, as always. And it's going to be about pet peeves. Josh and Bo have lots of pet peeves. They've already got a long list. It's going to be a good one. And on Friday at 3 o'clock is the last gold Zoom call of the year. So uh, do come down and join us for it. Um, right. So let's begin. So there's a new film out called uh, The American Society of Magical Negroes. I, I can't even uh, believe they even allowed that to happen because you could get shot for using that word. Like, <laughs> allowing people to just say it because it's a film title. These are, these are the arbitrary rules now. You can't say it if Jay-Z raps, raps it in a song in a platinum award-winning hit where millions of people are singing it. But if you put it as a film trailer, you can say it. Well, this, this caused quite a lot of controversy. And actually, I don't think it's as controversial as people are making it. Really? I actually, yeah, I actually think people are taking this way more seriously than it needs to be taken. Should we watch? Then it uh, deserves, okay. Yeah, then it deserves, exactly. Let's watch this right now. So. I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. Watching you walk through a room full of white people was the most painful thing I've ever seen. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to take you to a job interview. There's a recruiting class starting right now, and we got to get you in it. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. So I don't really understand. It's easier to say. What's the most dangerous animal on the planet? Sure. White people, when they feel uncomfortable. White people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us. That's why we fight white discomfort every day. Because the happier they are, the safer we are. The name needs a little updating, maybe like magical black people, or I guess that doesn't have the same ring. You ready? Oh, wow. Your first client is a Jason Munt. His morale is far too low. Hey. Hey. Darn it. I was hoping there was a station right next to him. Oh, is this one spoken for? No. Yeah, it's actually fun and weirdly relaxing. It's like being a secret agent with none of the danger. Hey, I'm Lizzie. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. She's great. Yeah, she's cool. You kidding? <laughs> Come on, man. She's smart and funny. And... I know what you were doing going on about her. You're trying to set us up. No, no, no. That's not what I was doing. You cannot have a relationship with Lizzie now. Because if you don't put Jason first, everyone's magic will fail. I've always felt like it's my job to make white people feel comfortable, and here it literally is. But maybe it shouldn't be. I got a great plan to ask her out, but I'm gonna need your help. Do you think you can, like, work your magic? Hey, are you talking about me? Hey. Oh my god. Wait, are you? But I traveled a long way. I think we can stop it there. But, um, that's, that's weird, right? That's genuinely horrifying. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a silly premise. But the thing is, honestly, I, I can't imagine. First of all, that guy, did, I don't know how to say this without getting in trouble. <laughs> even, even like the, the, the main character. <laughs> like he's, he's mixed race. And he's British. 
Like, why? Why is like is anyone? Does everyone with a tan qualify as black in the US? I, I find it like, so bizarre. It's really weird. There are loads of people in America who are uh, black who I'm like, are you though? And also, <laughs> also, also, like, why is everything up? Like, America is a country with like what 350 million people. Something like that. Of all of like, loads of Hispanic people, loads of people from Asia. Like, why is everything up against the white man? Like, it's a very multicultural wow. society. That's a very like, do you good not question, run into anyone else? Like, even when I grew up in Ghana, I ran into like, I don't know, Thai people, Vietnamese, Lebanese people, like, Indian people. Even like African cities that are pretty, like, by most living standards, not great, are pretty like metropolitan. Hmm. What is this? There's a there's a weird um, relationship between the blacks and the whites in America. It's very, but I I I don't. Wow. So, I can't believe someone funded this. You know, I can I can believe it, right? It's very American, though, right? It's very, it's very niche. I, I yeah. find it strange. Um, but it's it's just very, very much American. Um, but of course, this this annoyed a lot of people of uh, saying that white people are the most dangerous animals on the planet. And I was like, come on, guys, you don't need to get that sensitive about it, right? Well, but it's but the thing is, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that like I think Nick Cannon said something even more derogatory. He says something about like white people not even being human or something. And oh, he yeah. still gets to have a career. Yeah. Right? He gets to have a career yeah. and breed like a cockroach and impregnate <laughs> as many women as as he can physically, as he physically can. Yeah. And like at this point, it's like the standards are very clear. You can say whatever you want about certain people and certain races. There's no point even in getting upset, right? Like, And that, that's what everyone's... The, the floodgates are now open, yeah. right? Because like, how do you go back from here? You can't go and try and counsel these people because then you're still racist. So... Yeah. Well, that, that's what everyone's objecting to, being like, hang on, you can't say that white people are the most dangerous animal on the planet. It's like, is that an insult? You just, I mean, you just... It doesn't feel really, like an insult to me. You really just have to ignore them. And it's also, it's, it's strange, strange enough, it's also quite um, debilitating because you, you're, you're, you're positing like white people as like the standard. Like, yes. oh, they're so dangerous. They can take me down. I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Chinese have a pretty good, 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 good chance of that as well. The, the thing is as well, it's just not really true, is it? I mean, the average like oh, it's, it's white person is rather polite normally. Well, I mean, in Britain, I mean, what yeah. working class white boys are like the bottom of like scholastic attainment in yeah, schools. Know, yeah. It's you can only make such statements and assumptions one if you have a very warped worldview. Um, in which case, I don't think there's much helping there, and or, or you're just misinformed and you're not interested in that. Or maybe you just really hate them because they're white. Yeah, which again is so sh- because that's assuming that they hate you because they're black. And I'm like. Newsflash, no one cares about you, period. <laughs> most, people are, are, most people are consumed with their own problems. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's also pretty true as well. Like, most people just don't think like this. Genuinely, most, m- most people are very self-centered for good reason. Yeah. It's, oh. it's such a waste of energy to not like someone because of such arbitrary things. Mm. But this is an entire movie. There's an entire industry that, yeah. in America that deals with essentially being oppositional to white people mm-hmm. and trying to conscript every other race of people on the planet in opposition to white people. And so you get like, you get Chinese people being like, oh yes, I've been impressed by the white man. It's like, really have you? You know, come on. You well, it's, it was an in, in industry. So at this point, I don't think there's any kind of social utility. Or at least they're not even feigning it is. It's just milking as much money as possible. It's kind of like, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, all these HR. I mean, the only people that have benefited from these sorts of movements are HR departments and, and film executives and anyone that well, can make money off this grievance niche. And white women as well, because they're the ones who fill HR oh, yeah. departments. And uh, if there's one people who need their power reduced, it's white women. White college-educated women. Well, just, I say that as a married woman. <laughs> <laughs> if my wife was... I'm, I'm just, I love you, darling. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't, I'm just, couldn't resist. Um, but, um, so anyway... This, uh, this is one racist problem with this uh, film that everyone has. 
But there's another one, uh, which is from the other side. Uh, this film is also racist towards black people. Oh, okay. That's so uh, this. The, the is, first... it, is it American as well? Yes, also American. Yeah. So you can't please anyone. So why bother trying? Um, but uh, this this term, the, the 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 title of the film originally comes from a term coined by a black film director called Spike Lee, mm. uh, in which he says the magical Negro trope is used as a black side character as a plot device. To or uh, whose purpose is to advance the story of a white protagonist, which are people ever happy? No, no. I, I mean, like, literally, no. I also I've heard of Spike Lee. Isn't he the guy that wrote um a, sort of a black comic book for Marvel or something along those lines? Uh, I don't know if he did a comic book. He, as far as I'm aware, he's a film director who has a really big problem with white people. Yeah, I I do I do think I mean, he he may have pitched it, but I know he kind of delved into the world of comic books. Really? And like I mean, he may well have done. I just don't yeah, I, that's I think that's where I've heard from I've heard of him because I honestly I gave up on films in Hollywood. Yeah, years, years ago. Yeah, and it's sad because I used to love I used to love films. Um, and that's because Hollywood used to be amazing. Yeah, I saw I saw a post on Twitter the other day just saying you know well you know Hollywood can only produce so many films a year, and I'm like look man when I was a kid Hollywood used to put out a dozen bangers yeah, every year. Yeah. It's just every film is a great film. And what's wrong? What's, what's happening? Well, you, it's because they let people do what they want. Like the fact <clears> that American <throat> Pie would never exist today is so deeply depressing. And it's not even like the pinnacle of film. Or, or, <laughs> it's really not. It, but the thing but is, it was at least funny. You know, and I feel like, Adam, I can't believe Adam Sandler's happened to have a career. Like if he was born like 10 years later, he would be nothing. Yes. Because all his films are terrible, but he yes. had the freedom to make, like t- tell terrible jokes and, yes. you know, play on uh, stereotypes. You can't do that now. But also, where where are just the great films? I mean, did you did you watch Ridley Scott's Napoleon? No, no awful, absolutely no. atrocious, and it's a real shame because I mean, Ridley Scott A has directed some absolutely classic films. Yeah, but B Napoleon is such an amazing story. How can you mess this up? Well, it's because the thing is, they've inevitably given like put themselves or put constraints in themselves, and they feel like it's just it's for diversity, diversity and inclusion. When actually they're they're robbing good stories of being told. Yeah. Because you always have to hit these kind of, you know, tick these boxes. And it's it's, it's completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I just find it so... Be- like, I genuinely... Nollywood films are known for being absolutely awful. I mean, to the extent that you will actually see the camera in the shot of, like, the terrible bad acting, the terrible audio. And I still enjoy watching that more now than, like, the films that are being released. Because yeah. at least it's authentic. Yeah, yeah. I can get past the production quality. Yeah. I mean, you don't have, like, a 50-kilo woman beating up someone like The Rock and, and oh my God. pretending like that's reality. Oh. <laughs> It's so bizarre, and it's it's definitely putting a, a warped view of um, female what, power. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I wanted to frame it a bit more gently than that, but it's it's putting that in. I, I, I keep seeing these posts. I, I saw one a while ago, and it just really stuck with me. Where this woman had posted on Reddit, being like, "Oh, I was having a play fight with my boyfriend, and I was winning." And I told him, okay, really start fighting. And he just threw me down and that was it. And I was just like, yeah, that's what she said, play fight. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like, what did you think was going to happen? You know, like you did, like literally her mind believes that men and women are roughly of equal strength. And also it distorts, it actually robs women of their real power. I'm like, why would you, the beauty is, is is the dichotomy. Your, your power isn't being able to beat up literally a building with feet in the form of a man. It's your, the, the power of your femininity, of your, of your, your feminine grace of your sensuality all the things that you bring that he cannot in a million years bring mm. and now they've distorted that to actually you, the standard is now men well that's the thing isn't it and then this is the same thing with this like the standard is white, white people, people. the exactly. standard is men they put these things on a pedestal and rob the alternatives of having any virtues or graces of their own oh well, yeah exactly it's tragic and I, I think these people would actually struggle living in a majority black country. This is what I... Oh, well, yeah. Because the thing is, like, I, we have sometimes, like, I, when I was a kid in school, you'd have, like, these, um, 
I can't remember the name we call them. We had a term for them where like British and American kids, mainly their their parents that are gone in, they but they grew up in America, so they have they they were imbued in American culture, right, right. and they would come to school in Ghana because their parents were trying to discipline them or trying yeah. to get them, and they completely hated it. And I'm like, but this is this is a black majority country. You are home. Yeah. Hello, welcome yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they hated it because they're like, yeah, you need to go and fetch your water. The power's out. You know the road. The, what roads? The dirt roads. They're bumpy. Get ready. Yeah. Bumpy ride. Yeah. Like the, the realities of how how people actually lived was a complete shock. I'm like, yeah. exactly. you see, skin deep is is very shallow. You need to look past it because people have real problems. Yeah. Um. And. I can't remember what we used to call them. Something the white man doesn't sound so bad. Exactly. You know? But it's funny because now when they come as tourists, they will come to like, I don't know, some of the yeah. tourist spots like um the Door of No Return, like the Elmina Castle where they looked mm. at where the slaves and all of that. And you have these black Americans that are crying. They're like, we was kings and queens. Oh, God. And I'm like, where? <laughs> what do you mean you were kings? Like, kings and queens where? Egypt? Like, who sells the kings and queens? Like, I'm like, do you They're understand the industry? Yeah. This is just a brutal industry. Like, this is, yeah. The thing is, most people that have a better knowledge are pretty agnostic about the history. They don't get attached to it because they're like, look, I don't really have anything to get attached to because my life still sucks. Like, I don't have a great quality of life. Can we sort that out first? Yeah, yeah. Before I get attached to to things that my ancestors went through that I never did. Yeah, yeah. Personally, it's it's strange. But uh, but yeah, but the point is, it's about creating a justification for why you don't have to do any hard work. Well, yeah, it's an excuse. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's all it's about because like, like no, no, no one who's actually successful is sat there on this victim mentality of just being like, well, I can't get ahead. No, you do. You just have to continue grinding and getting ahead. I think most successful people are just so grateful for like what they have that they just feel their responsibility to keep going. Like, I mean, that's that's kind of because, you know, I, I speak to like friends and family back home and I'm just like, oh, I'm so grateful that I like I open the tap and the water's flowing. Like, because sometimes like seriously, when I when I fly back home, the first thing I do is, you know, is there water in the poly tank? Is the generator on? Like, I'm just, I'm trying to look at the basic amenities. Yeah. And so for people to not understand what a, what a gift it is to live in this country, despite all those problems, I, for me, I just, I find strange. See, I'm, I'm totally used to it, but uh, I guess I would be, wouldn't I? Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the thing is like, I, I read this interview with this guy and the, the director is a guy called uh, Kobe Libby. Okay. Is that I've, his given name? Uh, that is apparently his given name. Um, okay. His his mum was Italian or something, and his dad was half African. His African or something like that. Okay. Um, but uh, but it's it's just a really like non threatening thing, and so many people have taken this very very seriously. Yeah. And it's like, look, it's kind of a comedy. It's playing on a trope that was coined twenty odd years ago. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting really upset about it. Uh, and initially, I was kind of like, oh, you know, but I, I looked into it and it just didn't seem like that big a deal. And so. I mean, I think this is where so, like the American right, I don't know if that, that's probably the best way I can coin it. Kind yeah. of tie themselves up in knots over nothing. They do. Yeah. Um, because people know that these things will cause outrage on one side of the political spectrum and excite people on the other side. Yeah. Or people that get excited by this are also excited by the rage of the other side. Exactly. Yeah. And I just think, look, at the end of the day, there's some realities you need to accept. The floodgates are open. You're not going to like, yeah. you know, make these things go away. The best you can do is just tr- ignore them or treat them with the irrelevance that they are. Well, that, that's the thing. Pe- people, again, it's, it's putting thing on the pedestal and giving it way more power than it deserves. Or attention. Yeah. Like how many, like every time I read like a trans story or like something like this or like a white people discrimination story, I, I really, I'm just, I just skim past it mm. because I like, this is not important. 
there will always be people like that. that that's it's you just have to accept it. Yeah. So I, I don't really care. Let's focus on the important things. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest with you, this might well be amusing. Like it's a comedy. Well, well it's yeah, a- exactly. And it's just it might even be taking the Mickey out of people that genuinely have this worldview that white people are the most dangerous. And I'm like, wow, don't you have taxes to pay? <laughs> <laughs> that is your issue. <laughs> So, you got to be up for work tomorrow. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, like, oh, it's bizarre. <laughs> That's a great response that you have taxes to pay. It's like, God, yeah, I do have taxes to pay. Exactly. I'm like, what? <laughs> God. It's so, I don't, I, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's old age, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, at old age, I'm 27. I don't have the energy to be upset about these things at all. No, I, th- I totally with you. But, uh, like, I think there's a great point. Like, just d- for the American right, just don't get upset by this yeah you know actually you know mock it if you have to but just look don't at give it, it attention yeah, oh, see, the opposite of love is in hate it's indifference exactly yeah. these kinds of people hate being ignored yeah they hate they hate feeling like they're not making any a headway they hate feeling that they're not getting a rise out of exactly so that's what they're trying to do and that's why i'm i'm just very much like okay well Ooh, white people are the most dangerous people on the planet. That sounds scary. And look, you, it's it's a land of the free, right? It reinforces like you can say what you want genuinely. Like it's because the thing is, when people get upset about it, they're like, "Oh, what are you going to do about it?" And it's like, "Oh, are you going to threaten their their right to free speech?" No, just do what you want. I'm gonna gonna laugh at it. But uh, anyway, let's let's move on to the next thing that uh, really th- this actually really annoyed. Me. Genuinely, I was I, I I tweeted about this. I was like, I'd rather stand. Yeah, I I this is just beyond the pale and really annoys me right so this is traveling while fat i think we'll we'll watch some of it just because uh um i mean i guess you've never had the experience of traveling oh i have while wearing no no while weighing 500 pounds oh no that's no, no. <laughs> unless i ate let's talk about how embarrassing it can be to travel as a plus size person all i'm thinking about is please God, do not sit me next to a fat phobe. I was escorted off the plane by police tonight. How's your night going? I rode to board a plane into Toronto. And all I'm thinking about is, please, God, do not sit me next to a fat phobe. On top of that, that anxiety about asking for a seatbelt extender. And like, if you have to go to the washroom, like trying to get through the aisle in a larger body. And if you'll really fit, and once you're in the washroom, there'll be even space to wipe your ass. Imagine being too big to get into the to, toilet. In to it. wipe your bum. Yeah. These people have no shame. You have to be shameless. Oh, it's mad. But I mean, this must feel very much like first world problems, right? I mean, but he, the thing <laughs> is, here's the thing. I, I, this is why the culture really annoys me. Yes. Because these people are allowed to live in their delusion. Yes. That's, that's why I get angry. It's not the fact that like, yeah. oh, do they don't, do they th- don't you think they know that they're fat? No, they don't know that this is unacceptable. Yes. Like you're squishing me. Yes. There's two humans here. And if my bag is like 0.3 kilos overweight, I have to basically take out a second mortgage to get it through. Yeah. yeah. But this is and also it's bad business. It is definitely bad business. Um, but, but the thing, the thing about it is the is the attitude, right? It's For example, yeah. yeah, an open letter to thin people who feel infringed on by fat people on airplanes. As if being fat is just like a, a natural, normal state of as if affairs. It's God given. Exactly. Right? As if it's just thunderbolt from the heavens, right? Again, there's nothing I can do. It's not connected to my actions in any way, shape, or form. That's that's the. And you know, they're treated like they're disabled. Yes. I remember one time I was, I don't remember where I was flying to, but I was asked to move because there was a disabled person. They're like, oh, could you please move because there's a disabled person in their family? Oh, no problem. Genuinely, they were like, 
they had like a trumpet sound. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. I, I actually couldn't believe my eyes. My jaw dropped. I, I know, I think, I think I was flying. I, I, I think I might have been flying back to Heathrow from, from Accra. And I think this family went on holiday. I, I couldn't believe, I, I was in shock. Yeah. And so I looked at the, the, the um, air hostess. And she was like, thanks, you're so great. You know, that's really generous. And I was like, this is a nonsense, what I'm seeing here. The whole family was fat. Of course they were. And like the dad was so fat. He had like a wheelchair and there was like oh, this geez. disability. I'm like, yeah, his jaw doesn't close. That's the disability. <laughs> I could not believe it. I was so angry. And then I ended up sitting next to this guy who also happened to be fat, yeah. um, who, who, who poured um, beer, on, um, beer on my jeans. So I had my flight ruined by yeah. these people. I was, I was really upset, but I, I just couldn't believe it. Well, this is apparently not an uncommon uh, state of affairs oh my in, God. in the new world, anyway. But this this whole thing, you can see the way it's framed. You don't know me, but I know you. I see you glance over me, as if this person is just living in a world of victimness because of the fact that they massively overeat. I think it's either complete self lack of self awareness or just completely shameless. Like you have to have shamelessness. Yeah, it's, you just have to be completely shameless. They're actually quite self aware that they are, you know three times bigger than a regular human. But are they are they aware that they're like making the experience deeply uncomfortable for the person next to them? Yeah, I think so. Uh, she says this, actually. I want to ask you for your compassion to remember that the fat person sitting next to you or near you on a flight is a human being. I want to ask you to remember that you don't know us or why we're, why we're flying and to consider the idea that maybe our sole purpose for being on that plane is not to make you comfortable or invade your space. But that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, the thing is, I think these people, because they don't have enough, like, Obviously, people are influenced by the people that are around them and, you know, the kinds of things that they're, whether they're, they're, they're seen with approval by their friends and family. And I think that's the issue here. Yeah. They they live in a culture where they're mollycoddled. Yes. Like, I, I, I remember I was talking to my friend who I grew up with down the road and he's moved to Switzerland. So he's not even <laughs> here. And I was like, do you remember when I used to ask you for directions and you'd be like, you see that fat person there, turn left. And you see somebody in yellow where a kiosk turn right. And you see a really tall person there. Like, we used to speak in such blunt terms, not because yeah. it was offensive, but because we're not familiar of living in a society where people lie and this person <laughs> genuinely she probably got to like over, like for over 50% of her actual weight her, her recommended weight before she ever found out she was fat I think that's what it is because like this is not you don't just wake up like this no and, and the problem is in the West we have a culture of um, I, you know you call it lying which it's, is, it's actively lying it, it's, it's lying but it's lying for a particular reason that's the thing it's lying to spare people's feelings um, because the the goal is to make it apparent that there's no bad choices in lifestyle. I think uh, it's for money. Like, I, I, like I, if I if I was in charge of the world, which should happen, I wouldn't allow like these shops to have like plus size like dummies outside, like saying, "Oh, look, this is how the great the clothes look if you're a size 18." Huh? So what? You you know I I can understand why someone who comes from outside of it thinks it's for money, but honestly, it's really not. What what it is? It's for it's. For morality is why they really do. yeah no I I swear to God right they think they're being moral when they try and normalize the difference between being healthy weight and being massively obese. But the thing is because okay I I, I the reason why I say one lying is because like when you see a it magazine is lying. cover well, right. yeah like a magazine cover with Tess Tess Holiday I think her name is yeah, I know. like this is objectively not an attractive woman you are lying by putting her there because you know the yes. people on the cover of these magazines should be attractive yep. I'm like if I told you. Oh, you're so hot. You look like Lizzo. You're so hot. You look like Tess Holiday. Like you punch me, right? So we're actively lying. So I'm like, either you're lying because you want to make money off these deluded fat people, or you're immoral because there's nothing moral about this. It's the immoral 
part, but they they think that what they're doing is the right thing because they think sparing people's feelings is worse than indulging a massive overeating disorder. I don't know. It makes I I know I know it sounds crazy. I find it so bizarre. It and it and it is bizarre. And also, there's nothing like kind about diabetes. No, there's nothing kind about this. There's been a spate, in fact, recently of um, fat activists who have died from obesity. But you know, I th- you know the power who really has the power to stop this men. Yeah. Men do. Yeah. Because if men said, particularly black men that are looking for immigration papers, if they stopped sleeping with overweight women and just said, you know, I'm going to do this to boost my immigration status, I think things would change. If all men said, <laughs> if you look like a building with feet, I wouldn't even look at you. I'll just like, I'll just <laughs> pretend like you're not there. <laughs> you just, just don't exist in my world. With no, no attention, no likes on Instagram. Like you just, you're, you, you don't exist. Oh, they would drop the weight like that. That, that, no, absolutely. I believe you, um, but that would be a human rights issue. No, it's just, there's no abuse. There's nothing. You just, I agree. You, I, don't hey, exist. Hey, hey. you don't exist. I'm just describing. I'm not endorsing. Um, I mean, look at this. I, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like that wasn't an accident. You you knew what you were doing when you kept eating. Like there's no excuse, right? But the thing is, this is the thing, right? They they're complaining. Well, look, we've got to pay twice the amount. For airline seats. The like, same but, experience. But that's because you take up twice the space. space. Well, that, but this is the point. You're two humans. Yeah. <laughs> literally, you shouldn't be like this. And you know you shouldn't be like this. And you're literally encountering physical barriers in the world. What, what do you think? Because you're like this. What do you think if the airlines define person by their weight? I think that'd be a human rights issue too. Um, just be like, so this is how the airline, for, for, for technical reasons, classifies person. Like this height. That's this a weight. great. I I like I like the way you're going with because, this. Because and the thing is, you don't even have to get into the whole gender thing, right? You yeah, just yeah, say absolutely. X Y chromosomes, yeah. this height, this yeah, weight. Yeah. You know, I, I think that'd be a great. I idea. mean, you don't even need. Yeah, you don't need any gender thing. Like literally, it's just we're just literally doing on weight. Yeah, exactly. So stand on the scales. I could. I went to Orlando. Yeah. I, I went to <laughs> amusement park and I went to Universal Studios and and me and my boyfriend were standing on the weighing scales and they're like, hey, you're both fine. One person stood on it and they were like, no, you're. <laughs> Well, listen. I couldn't believe it. Listen to the beginning of this, right? They say the average width of an airplane seat has been shrinking for decades. That's an issue of money. Bodies around the world are getting larger, with experts predicting that over half the global population will be overweight or obese by 2035. That's not even that. That's a decade. But yeah, isn't there a larger conversation about our way of life, if that's the case? (laughs) Because, yeah, okay, the thing is, it's difficult because I, I, I often have this conversation. Is it because people are time poor and they don't have the time or the, you know, the knowledge to cook oh, it's healthily? It's the food as it's well. The, it's both. It's the culture around like normalizing eating crap and the, normalizing the culture around being in a larger body, which is bullshit. Yeah. And also, yeah, the food. Like, it, it's a yeah. big problem. The food is just junk. It's, it's just, oh, it's, so, it's so bad, yeah. honestly. So uh, a lot of airlines in America where this is happening, uh, uh, require customers to buy extra seating. Um, but of course, that's unfair because they're still just technically one person. So uh, how does that work? Do they buy extra seating in the plane or when they check in? Or In advance. So they're supposed to book two seats, buy two seats for them to... Occupy. So if they don't and then they turn up like the Michelin man, do they get taken off or...? Well, that sometimes yes. <laughs> so no, I'm not, even, I'm not even joking, but that's going to change, right? Okay. Uh, so... Basically, it depends on the airline, differs between airlines. But um, but sometimes, yes, there won't be enough seats on the airplane if they haven't booked two seats 
and so they won't be allowed to fly. And this has led for a call for uh, clearer anti-discrimination laws. Okay. Because this is a form of discrimination against the morbidly obese. Um, I don't, you see, the thing is, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with discrimination. No. We discriminate in our, like on our lives on a regular basis. Discrimination. You, you discriminate yeah. by buying, you know, first class or second uh, economy ticket. Like yep. life is full of discrimination. I yes. I'm all for this. Yay, yay to discrimination. To, to be called discriminating used to be a compliment. Well, yeah, exactly. You're a discriminating I mean, person which means you have good taste. Exactly. Yeah. You're discerning. Exactly. Uh, um, yes, but in instead, we've arrived at the point where any form of discrimination is now immoral. And so you have something called, quote, the Obesity Collective, which is a fat activist group that is calling for a mandatory code to deal with the issues that, in, el- that eliminate discrimination against those with the condition, the condition of being obese. Maybe I'm a bit self-conscious, but I'll just actually be embarrassed to do any of this. This is embarrassing. I would, I would be embarrassed to allow myself to get to that size and then complain that someone doesn't want to be squashed under the weight of me. And I'd be embarrassed to join a group like that. Yeah. But these people aren't. As you said, they're shameless. Um, and they want clear rules for all airlines to provide consistency for passengers. The director of the Obesity Collective, Tiffany Peter, said that it was crucial to have clear laws to ensure airlines didn't discriminate against passengers, especially as seats seem to be getting smaller in recent decades. Maybe you're just getting fatter. Uh, despite the trend in Australia of our body sizes going in the other direction, uh, there should be clear rules to level the playing field for airlines. And so you got airlines like Southwest who have been like, okay, we'll just give you free extra seats. Well, that's fine. If they want to run their, their business into the ground, that's, that's their... Because the thing is, Americans are only going to get fatter. So this yeah. is literally eating into your bottom line yes. years in advance unnecessarily. I don't have a problem with it. I, I, I genuinely just think... I don't have a problem with fat shaming, actually. I, I think I should be honest. I don't have, I don't have a problem oh, with broke. a lot of shame. I think actually that's what society needs a bit more shame. Yeah, people, absolutely. People need to feel shame. They need to feel a sense of discomfort when they're doing things that are not acceptable. Yeah, we're all judging you. Yeah, exactly. I, and, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, and I, I want you to know that I'm judging you. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of that at all. You know? No, but the thing is, because we, we ju- we, that's human nature. We judge people regardless. If you saw a naked person walking down the street, you're going to judge this person as mentally unwell. Mm-hmm. Right? Why do you get to do, like, why do you get away with doing that? And it's fear and good as well. Like, if, if um, this woman had been subject to a bit more judgment, and she'd probably be in better shape. Honestly, I would really, I'm very curious. Because the thing is, the likelihood of her entire family being fat is, is really high. Yeah. I, I don't understand in what world. Like, I've known people where, like, they, you know, they're getting a bit chubby as kids. And they'll be like, oh, mom, I'm hungry. Like, there's no food. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking that was, like, my mom's done that to me before. I mean, I was never chubby, but she was very particular. Because she was like, <laughs> you really can't get any. And, and she, was, she used to say that. I was like, oh, there's no food. Right. Fair enough. And it, or like she didn't want me to have McDonald's like there's rice at home which is yeah. like a new trope. Yeah, but that but this is the point though. Like this is not good for her. This is an a but I really, I do, unhealthy way of living. I I will say that in the US they're particularly unlucky, um, because of the strength of the food lobbyists. Because I, honestly, but even buying rice cakes, I tried to buy rice cakes in the US and it was like seven dollars. I'm like you can get two burgers from McDonald's yeah. for that. And also, when you look at the ingredients in their food, it's full of just really, shit. Yeah, it, just yeah, complete rubbish. But it's also like there's all this weird, unnecessary stuff. Because I mean, like, high fructose corn syrup, yeah, yeah, yeah. all, that all sort of these stuff. hormones yeah. and and food colorings. Like I saw yeah. bright green yogurt yeah. for kids. Why is yogurt bright green? Yeah. Most people like don't know how to put together a decent meal. Yeah. 
and I know, and so the Americans are I, like I hate American food. Whenever I go to America, I put on weight, and it's like, but I don't normally put on weight. Don't eat anything. I, no, honestly, I, I I struggle with the food in the US. Like it's to terrible. the extent that I actively either undereat or I stick to genuinely like meat, potatoes, veg. I yeah. like the most. I, if I, I can see it coming from the ground or like it looks like it's from an actual animal. But the the problem I have is when I'm traveling, I don't have the opportunity to cook. So because yeah, yeah. yeah, so like me, me uh, I took the family to um, Disneyland in Florida, I think it was, and we go to just some restaurant there, and I'm like, bread right. is sweet. Yeah, I I swear to God, right? I I literally was like, look, I'm. It, it was lunchtime, and I was like, right, I'm not going to get something big because I I know that's going to be thousands of calories. So I'll get a salad, and I looked at the salads, and one salad was a thousand eight hundred calories. I'm like, how? Do you make a salad a thousand eight hundred calories? That'd be like three hundred calories back in Britain. And the and and the meat is they're just like they're huge. Yeah. They, um, I, I had chicken wings in New York with like the celery sticks and like the buffalo dip and all of that. And mm-hmm. I was like, this these wings look like it's from a pterodactyl. <laughs> I was telling my uncle, I was like, this chicken looks like it's gonna wake up and punch me. It would. There were the chicken was so big. Well, you see, I've realized that Americans eat differently to like pretty much the rest of the world because I don't know about in Ghana, but in England. Right, your dad will tell you you've got to clear your plate before you can have oh, yeah. anything else. Oh yeah, yeah, you've got to clear your plate, and that's just a totally normal thing in England. Totally normal, pr- pretty much everywhere. Else. You don't even have to clear your plate. Like this is what you're getting. Period. Yeah, yeah exactly. If you, if you want to, if there's more food, like yeah, you can have more, but like this is your portion. Yeah, and it, but but in England it was always like you've got to clear, <laughs> and in America it's absolutely not that. Like you're expected to just leave half of your food. To just eat. Yeah, that's so, another really big that, attitude problem. Yeah, I, I don't have that attitude. So I whenever, you know, I go to America, someone puts something in front of me, I was like, well, okay, well, I've got to eat it all because I just have been trained. Ah, I see. I see. the Yeah, I see. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I think culturally, another thing is because we don't really, um, a lot of our food is fresh. Like, so you'd go to the market that day. Yeah. We didn't really do, I mean, you, you can you can freeze stuff, but we eat like a lot of um, just fresh food in general. Mm-hmm. So if you don't finish it, like, that's that's your dinner, right? There's no keep in the fridge, microwave it. Like yeah, yeah. it's usually so you kind of eat smaller portions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very strange. I mean, this picture really upsets me. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'll because she looks like a young woman. She is a young woman. She probably doesn't even have kids. No, she's probably not going to have kids. Either. Oh god, horrible. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, this uh, was something that was picked up by the airlines themselves. Uh, Southwest Airlines decided to offer customers of size. Customers of size. Customers of size. <laughs> I mean, that's not descriptive, and that's the point of this: is to what, what size? Well, exactly. Everyone's got a size. Like everyone's <laughs> of some sort of size. Yeah. Some people are petite. Some people are tall. But no, th- that means fat, right? Fat customers are getting extra seats at the boarding gate if necessary. A policy that's being praised for its inclusivity, despite some concern that other passengers may risk being turned away if they have their seats filled. Can you imagine that happening to you? Can you imagine you get to a plane and they're like, "Yeah, sorry, this." gargantuan person human being yeah has has actually been given your seat it's like what do you mean why would they get my seat like it's, it's insufferable isn't it right the airline told the telegraph his policy was to offer seats and seatbelt extenders which is hilarious in another sense. a seatbelt extender I don't, come on if you need a seatbelt extender the problem is you you know you know you know the, the sad thing is and i hate the fact that i'm saying this like fat people used to be jolly like you can't be fat and insufferable. You need to pick a struggle. Like you can either be a skinny hot bitch or you can be a fat, jolly, nice person. And I'm like, you can't make us hate fat people too. That's so unfair. Like this kind of entitled attitude yeah, yeah, yeah. is just worsening social relations because the thing yes. is, it's like everyone has something that's going for them. You know that a fat woman, I don't know how vulgar I can get, but she's she's very um God. 
she's appreciative for any kind of sexual attention she gets. So she puts her back into it, you know? <laughs> but if, uh, if you possibly, don't have, yeah. Exactly. Like, you have, to, you have to pick a struggle. You can't be fat and insufferable. That's just not, that's not, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does recommend that overweight passengers book two seats. But then why would I book two seats if you're going to give me one for free? Well, this is the problem. You know. I mean, this is an incoherent policy. I'm surprised at Southwest, though. You'd expect it to be like a small local airline. Well, I don't know. They've got a bottom line, haven't they? Like maybe not, it's, not anymore. It's going to be eaten. Well, yeah, yeah, it, it, it literally is. Um, and so they realize that this is going to be a problem, which we'll come back to in a minute. Um, but then you get like uh, TikToks, uh, people posting, being like, oh, yeah, this is how you can take advantage. Although I haven't got that in there. So apparently we'll just go straight. Can I just give a caveat that I despise TikTok? I think it's just rotting people's brains. Oh, it is. And deliberately by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, but so this was inevitably going to have some sort of knock-on effect. And it turns out that this is a woman who's like, oh, hang on a second. I've actually been kicked off the airplane because of some giant fat guy took my seat. Oh, so this actually happened to This her. actually happened. This video is going to be very controversial, but I really need to understand what just happened. <laughs> she's not she's really Flying from Antigua <laughs> Bay, stop in Baltimore, going home to Denver. And in Montego Bay, they tell us on Southwest that we cannot go on the plane because it got overbooked and we cannot get in because I was on standby. Well, I wasn't on the standby. It wasn't my ticket. I purchased the ticket. Um, and they couldn't get, so it's me, my daughter, and her friend, me with two teenagers. We can't get in on the plane. Later to find out that there's a person of size that <laughs> did not purchase two tickets, but was being accommodated. And that is why we could not get in on the airplane and about to get stuck outside the country. Please. Again, I said it's controversial. Please help me understand um, why am I, do I have to spend the night without any accommodations in Baltimore because person over, over what is a person, oversized person, how did they call her? Um, <laughs> Didn't purchase a second ticket. Oh, here's the thing. I asked that here at the Baltimore. They said, sorry, we can't accommodate you. Nine o'clock right now. I have a ticket. I have a flight for tomorrow morning. No accommodations with two teenagers stuck at the airport. But she explained to me that Southwest policy is to accommodate a person of size. There we go. Person of size, even if they did not purchase a ticket. But that is just unbelievable and insufferable. I don't mind them doing that so far as it's not an inconvenience to someone else. But it's demonstrably an inconvenience. Exactly. This is, this is the issue. I mean... How dare they? Yeah. Why is that person... person of more, size. Yeah, why is that person more important than me and my family getting on the plane when we have paid for our tickets? We're not breaking any rules. We are, in fact, following exactly the rules. We're just going to get in our seats and go. And someone who is a gargantuan giant who was like, yeah, I, I didn't book two seats, even though I knew I couldn't fit into one. You know, I suspect. Why do they get privileged? They're, they're seeing where the trends are going. Like America is just going to get fatter and fatter. So actually, the, 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 the rise of having to accommodate people of size is going to increase. I'm sorry, they can, they can get to the back of the line. 
They, I, it, actually, I think sympathy. if they got to the back of the plane, they might tip it. Yeah, well, so it might not be able to take off. It might be an even distribution of weight. That, that's true, but this really winds me up. Because this woman has done nothing wrong. She's yeah. done everything right. And she's then, with kids as well. And she's got a kid. So yeah, exactly. And it's like, no, sorry. I'm utterly incapable of controlling my appetite. And so you're going to have to wait for the next plane tomorrow. It's like, no. I would be so angry. But yeah, this is the thing. This curious. is what happened to me. They were like, oh, yeah, Esther, could you please move? There's, there's an, yeah. a, a disabled passenger. And you just hear, boom, 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 boom. Like the, oh, the, the, not the, disability. Oh, my God. And I so, was so angry. Oh, yeah. I, I know, so I, I totally What are the comments wrong. saying? Oh, I can only imagine that uh, people were not happy. So did the person who sat in the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, I can, I can, I can second that. Yeah, there's, there's no it's profit. At that point, your cargo. Yeah, well, it just, just book the second, second seat. Where, where do know? they put pets? There's a place for pets, right? I have no idea. Yeah, actually. there's a storage carriage for pets, and it's well ventilated. I've, I've actually got no idea. But the point is, like, you just go look. If you need two seats and you only book one seat, you don't get on. You've got yeah. to go book your seat, and you can get the next one. Yeah, you know, it's you that has to be inconvenienced because you failed to book what you needed for the transport, and also you're fat. But, it, but even okay, fair enough. You, you're you're a giant. Okay, fine. But you sh- you knew that in advance. You well, know, you're the wasn't... one who needs special accommodation. Exactly. So this, you this didn't wake up today. Go. Oh my god, look how big I am. I you know. Oh, sorry, I only booked one seat. You knew. You knew what you were doing. You know. And this is as people are pointing out. This is totally rewarding. The obesity, you're making them a privileged class. class. Yeah. It's like, sorry, what the hell are you doing? Well, this is the thing. We increasingly infantilize people in society. I mean, I talk about the infantilization of society being really endemic, at least here in the UK, but it's extending to this is one of those That's weird terrible. trends where it's actually moving from Britain to the US as opposed from the US to Britain. Yes, probably. Because I I, I swear at some point you're just gonna hear every like over, overweight person in the US saying, I'm working class. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow, we've really done a number, haven't we? Seriously, it's just the complete infantilization of, of, of society. But it's, it's totally unfair. I just can't get over just the phenomenal unfairness of this. Like, and also, right. this can only happen somewhere like the US. I mean, seriously. You yeah. see fights breaking out. This happened in like, the Philippines or India. Like, yeah, yeah. This fat, is... fat, get off the fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know a single person that would tolerate this in other parts I, ju- I just can't get free seats. I can't imagine getting a free anything I mean, because you, you should I was irresponsible. fire the CEO of Southwest Airlines if this is genuinely a policy. It's amazing, isn't it? Imagine if you have like, your pension fund invested in this company and this is what they're doing. Yeah, I'd be furious. But I, honestly, I just... The, the fundamental unfairness. These people do not deserve a free seat. Yeah. What they should do is have to pay for an extra seat. And it shouldn't come at the cost of someone else. I, just, I can't get past it. It must be because, you know, I've got kids and I've, you know, we fly places and I would Well, maybe they didn't think they were overweight or maybe they don't like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, they didn't think they were overweight. They knew. Well, but they, they knew. Maybe they say they don't know the size of the seats or something. I don't know. <laughs> a general rule is if you can't go on roller coasters because you don't fit yeah. in the seats, it's the same thing for planes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, we'll leave that one there and go on to the next thing that I uh, found that I still wanted to talk about because uh, why don't more women propose? This, again, is a very American thing uh, and a very modern, progressive, feminist thing that I'm totally against because I'm not a modern American feminist. Um, But this this entire article is quite long, so I'll, I'll quote from a few bits of it. But um, this is... Uh, oh, my God. A woman actually did it. Rebecca Kendall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rebecca Kendall, a New York City public school teacher, used her February 2021 break to do something that few women ever get to do. She proposed to her boyfriend. None of this ever get to do. Okay. As if women are... Oh, oh, yeah, only, oh if only, if only, if only I only. could, yeah. Uh, she proposed to her boyfriend, uh, an assistant principal at this uh, different school, 
uh, on a beach resort in Jamaica. I, I mean, got he down. Sounds, he sounds Middle Eastern, Bilig Bayar. So that probably went down like a lead balloon. On a uh, beach resort in Jamaica. Yeah, I got down on one knee, did the whole thing, she says. How do you feel about that? Just now, interest. Horrifying. I'd rather. I, I. I think I. Do, I would rather mop the sea. I saw. You know. I saw this lady on um this uh, this um okay. So I used yeah. to watch telenovelas a lot as a kid, and this was a lady who was um in a telenovela that I watched as a kid, and she'd moved to Miami, hmm. and she I, I never knew that she wasn't married. So she 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 I saw she got married and all of that, and then after the wedding, she posted a picture of her on one knee, and I'm like. Did you fall? Like, what happened? Yeah, Are you, were you injured? It's like, no, he proposed to me and I proposed to him. Like, it was a mutual thing. Right. Well, that's that's something uh, similar. In I mean, it's you have no self-respect. It's yeah. horrifying. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, but it, it's not just horrifying. It, it's, there is a purpose to marriage and you are totally inverting that purpose. That well, because they don't believe in the marriage. as Like, I, I know this, this doesn't sound... I don't know, fashionable or trendy. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason why, even if you don't necessarily subscribe to the biblical version of marriage, there's sure. a reason why there is the, the, the headship of a marriage or a relationship mm -hmm. falls on the man. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not to say that you're oppressed or whatever, but you cannot have two pilots. There has to be one pilot and one co-pilot. And I, I don't understand why we're trying to subvert everything that plays to the natural strengths of men and women. Well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, the there are particular roles that differentiate men and women. Yeah. And one very classic part of the role of the man is to be the one who proposes. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's a scary thing to do, but it's also kind of not a privilege, but it's something that's reserved for men. Man, yeah. you know, it's it's you know, and, and so it's something that a man has it's, to work it's, it's up to. An in honor. His own head. It, because the thing is, way, it's, yeah. it's an honor. And these women, I'd be very curious if this woman, I, I mean, she's probably the kind of person that would split the bill on the first date. So Undoubtedly. That's Undoubtedly. But I just think, do you, like, why do you want to do everything? Why do you yeah. feel like you should be responsible for everything? But again, it's why do you feel you have to try and be the man? Yeah, exactly. You're trying to be the man in your relationship. Get a dog. Also, yeah, get a dog. But you're the woman. Why, what's wrong with being the woman? You know, Maybe she doesn't know how to. I think I think that's probably well, a bigger issue. I think many Western women, like especially the later generations, not the younger generations, not the older generations that have spearheaded this nonsense. Yeah. I think it's the later generations. They're now thinking, actually, could I even be a woman if I wanted to? Yeah. Because they've grown up with these generations of women that are saying, oh, you don't need no man or just get a job, prioritize your career, don't have children, all of that. Mm. And now they're at a point where even if they wanted to be women, they don't have any kind of knowledge of it. Yeah, because the, the older women... <clears throat> are free to say that because they were raised to know how to be women. So they have the choice. And they're, they're, yeah, exactly. They have the choice. They've broken that connection. And now women 40 years later have just got no idea. They don't, they, they've been robbed of the choice. Because yeah. I'm like, even if, even if I don't know, for some reason you decide to do a 180 degree uh, sort of turnaround and, and become that traditional woman, yeah. can you do it? Can you manage a home? Like, yeah. and, and then, I mean, I knew people that used to like boil milk in a kettle at university. Like they had no. Why would you boil milk? In a no, like no domestic skills whatsoever. I'm mean, at the point where you, you can barely nourish yourself, let alone a family. Mm. They've been robbed of the the, the choice. Mm. That's the bigger issue. Mm. I'm like, if you can at least do that and still say, actually, I'm going to be a strong, independent woman, or I'm going to look for a yeah. particular kind of man. Fine. At least it but, was a choice. But now it's sad. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So uh, she shared her plans to propose to her boyfriend beforehand, and uh, they weren't actually big on it. Uh, she says, they didn't try to talk me out of it, but they didn't, they didn't have the reaction I would have liked. Uh, they were like, uh, that's so you. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> that's not a compliment. No, yeah, they, they, were, they were definitely like, right, okay, we don't want to insult her, but you yeah. shouldn't be doing it. 
you know. But uh, but anyway, uh, the, the they they go on and tell us a bit more about um, how dating is in America at the moment, and it's not great. The process by which men it's and women not great here either. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not great anywhere, but this is just an American centric one. Uh, the, the process by which men and women uh, meet, uh, mate, and manufacture more humans is undergoing a radical realignment. And look how that's turning out. Uh, half a century ago, two-thirds of Americans aged 25 to 50 were living with the spouse and a smattering of offspring. Today, that fraction is closer to one-third. Whereas marriage used to be an institution widely adopted across all socioeconomic levels, today is much more prevalent among people who are wealthy and educated. Yeah an elitist institution That's and therefore all the it? benefits have become elitist as well yeah. so um i don't i don't remember who said this i think it might have been um, very but she was saying that um one of the greatest bulwarks uh, against against poverty for women is marriage yes so if you if you if you think about the poorest women past the age of 40 they're usually unmarried and they have children yeah. single mothers and all of that or they're just unmarried mm. and I think if you're going to, that's probably the most feminist case you can possibly make for marriage. But again, it goes back to, can these women be married? Yeah. Do they have the ability to live with a man? To Because most women, again, most of the modern generations, they don't like any kind of inconvenience. They don't like give and take. They don't like to negotiate. They don't like to be uncomfortable. Yeah. They they never think of, what can I give to the person? They think, what can that person do for me? Like the fundamental skills of actually being able to live with someone, mm. to run a home, to do all these things, doesn't exist. They've been robbed of a choice. Yeah, And all, 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 all of the numbers are in. Like If you want to build generational wealth, a married family that produces children who go on to get married, Absolutely. that's how wealth becomes accrued yeah. in a family. And so to essentially rob the lower classes of this, the poorer classes of this, yeah. condemns them to an eternity of poverty. And I think to couple that with the social media era and this kind of glossy, this this highlight reel era we're living in where everyone thinks, oh, like, what is it? Hot girl summer or big vacation or elevating women like Cardi B, who is married actually and has a kid. Cardi yeah. B and Megan yeah. Stanley and all of this. And who doesn't let her kids listen to her own music. Exactly. Really? I mean, like yeah. these people, these people that are bastions of the culture that are destroying society. Yeah. I, I mean, it's you can't, it doesn't get worse than that. Mm. Genuinely, like young people these days are scared it's, of responsibility. It's genuinely exploitative on people you are condemning to a terrible future. Exactly. And it's like, okay, well, that's awful. Most most it? people, I think, before the age of 35, don't actually have regular contact with children or like yeah, that's probably or, or young people. Most people don't have, like, I always say age is just a number because what actually matures you is responsibility. Mm. And, and most people don't have that. They're yeah. allowed to be, you know, stay children up until like they're basically. 30s and they call it adulting which is yeah yeah that's really interesting because i i i had like 18 cousins in my family so we all you know and i was like the third oldest so i always had younger cousins so i was always just it was normal to have like you know responsibility yeah you know you got to look after you know uh, rebecca or whatever when you go out and it's like yeah okay no problem you know and i I was actually talking to my friend about this because i mean she's indian but she grew up in ghana which is interesting you see and she has a stronger ghanaian accent than i do (laughs) um but we were like we don't have that many siblings. I only have one brother. She only has one brother. Yeah. But it's it's like imbued in us from a young age of that responsibility of taking care of yeah, your family, yeah. doing stuff for yeah. each other, your cousins and all of yeah. that. And it's completely lost on people. When I tell people like, I don't know, I have to drive to Staffordshire because my mom needs this. They're like, what? Can't she do it herself? She can, but that's that's why I'm yeah. there. I I, tell you, I saw this the other day. Um, it was, um, I think it was an MP who, or it was like an LBC host or something like that. It's like, Oh my God! These people are—you know—these these people are expecting children to look after their parents. It's like, well, who the hell should be looking after? Them? Honestly, I actually think everyone should work in a care home. Every young person should work in a care home, just because most people don't think about old age. I mean, I worked—I worked in a care home for, for for a time, and it was such a harrowing experience. There were there were some people's flats that I went to clean, and it was like a bomb site. And I remember asking my manager, like, 
why is this person like why have they been neglected why are they so depressed that the NHS has hospitalized them like you know there was I don't know how far I can say but I know there were some residents that you know they were obviously they had um early onset dementia and so I, I was there just to give them their medication and I'm like have you changed your nappy like and their family are nowhere to be seen yeah. I'm like this is a future that awaits you if you think it's all glamorous unless you're earning yeah. so much money that you can afford stellar care and most most people are not yeah. you actually need to take your life seriously yeah and, and this will be you one day exactly and it i'm telling you i mean there was there was one lady who used to hug me. i only had an hour with her that was kind of the, the designated time i had at the time she used to hug me for 15 minutes oh. while i was there i would walk through the room and she would hug me for the 15 minutes while i'm supposed to be getting her ready and making a yeah, breakfast yeah. and all of that and i'm like that will be you yeah and the, this this oh, this culture of just atomization i can't stand it. and and like ignoring your fa- <clears throat> I, do, I i i don't understand it yeah yeah um anyway Getting back to this, uh, they complain that uh, plenty of things about the process of getting married have remained stubbornly unchanged. Men still buy women expensive engagement rings, even when the couple already shares expenses. American women married to men continue to take their husbands' last names at a rate of 80 to 20. Uh, after a lull during the pandemic, the wedding, wedding industry is uh, back in the black or um, white. Uh, an overwhelming number of proposals still made by men. So even with the layers of feminist indoctrination being proliferated through the culture there are still some traditional aspects of being a man and a woman that simply can't get part you can't get part. you know i think the one the one thing that's hopeful in this case is these kinds of people will breed themselves out anyway well that is true yeah but it just goes to show you that like men buying women expensive presents yeah that's no, literally since the dawn of time. flowers that's nice I yeah. Like, you yeah, know. yeah 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 I, I, I bet i bet women these days wouldn't know what to do with the flowers if they were given you know the thing is the sad thing is they don't know they they never think what can I do for them mm. like someone I remember I, I did a, a show and someone was mm. like oh what do you think like the typical man wants yeah. and I was like just someone who cares like if you wake up and make him a, oh, cup yeah. of, a coffee and just like oh you didn't sleep well last night I saw you like just, like you genuinely care I mean do you know how <laughs> rare it is for men to have that yes I was like men like I, I, I said to one someone guy someone who cares well that's a radical exactly. really high you know? there's, there's a producer I work with who's quite young I think 2021 and I was he was wearing a jumper I was like oh that jumper is really nice it really brings out the color of your eyes <coughs> and he's never forgotten it well, yeah, because people don't care people don't like notice when he's got a haircut no. or like when he's putting himself together I just no. find it just care it's weird it doesn't sound like very much does it but it's kind of the opposite of the direction well, we live in such an in. individualistic society mm. but they, they complain that you know they, there's just no uptick uptick of women proposing to men and it's like yeah but why would you want there to be? And the only reason to want that to be the case is to eventually destroy the roles of man and woman so there's just human. You know, there's just the undifferentiated human matter. And it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. So they, they go on to ask, it's like, well, what prevents a woman who wishes to marry her partner from proposing to him? Is it not mortification? Uh, is it shame? Yeah, well, that, that's exactly what they go to. Is it mortification? The suggestion that woman had to force the issue because she was not desirable enough to be chosen is the unspoken prohibition on any act that whiffs of female aggression or ambition. Does it seem forward and loose? Does it seem forward and loose? Well, I mean, I think it depends on your conception of marriage as well. Yeah. I think like, I mean, I, I was saying, you know, the whole getting down on one knee, that's, that's not a big thing. It's when you meet my family. Because in my conception, marriage is actually not just between the two people. It's actually a lot bigger than that. It's between it's bringing two families together. That yes. for me is, you know. But that traditionally was what it always was. Exactly. I mean, you 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 get to the point where you're building something bigger than yourself, and yes. you, you have you know your community around you to attest that this is a is a good setup, right? And now it's just oh, we're going to date for five plus years, and then 
if I get sick of waiting, I'll, I'll pop the question. First yeah. of all, that's embarrassing. And secondly, you you didn't you don't you don't take your life seriously. Yes, you're allowing someone to just waste your time. And also, you you're not thinking of yourself as something very important. Mm. It's, it's it's more than not just taking yourself seriously. It's it's acting like you aren't like a node in this network of people who are all connected together and that rely on you to do something. Most people, and this makes me very sad, especially when it comes to men, don't think of legacy. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I've actually heard the word legacy in mainstream conversation ever. But it's oh, yeah. very important. Oh, yeah. What do you want your legacy to be? It's all, oh, I just want happiness. The point of life isn't happiness. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, that's like, true. It's, it's that's just totally not. true. It's such a juvenile <laughs> yeah. like, like conception. It's not happiness. It's about fulfillment. It's about being of use to your community. That is the meaning of life. I, I view this as a part of uh, an aspect of being childless as well. Yeah. Because I didn't ever think about my legacy until I had a couple of sons. And then I was like, oh, actually, you know, and so every, every night I make my eldest son uh, read half an hour of um, a history book and then do half an hour of piano practice. Because yeah. uh, the only thing that's going through my mind, because a lot of the time it's not fun to make him do it either. Mm. <laughs> you know, like every single night he, he doesn't necessarily enjoy it. But all that's going through my mind is that, son, when you leave home, you're going to be able to at least read a book from start to finish. And play the piano. And you'll be when you start thinking of your legacy, you'll be grateful to have a father that thought of you. In this exactly. Way. And and at some point, I know at some point in the future, be like, God, I'm glad my dad made me do that when he's playing a piano in front of a girl to impress her or something. Yeah. You know, I, I, he he will consciously think, I'm glad my dad made me do it. And this is why I often make the point again. This is maybe controversial. I don't think a woman can raise a man the way a man should be raised. I agree. Because you're not a man. Yeah. You don't like. I remember I did this show once where we were like, Oh, how should women approach raising men? Get them raised by the kind of men you want them to be. Yeah. You cannot raise a man. It is. Yeah. It's. I'm sorry. It's. It, it, it's hurtful. You have a role to play in their lives. Like yeah. I tell my brother knows. I'm very. If he brings a girl to the house, I'm the first kind of vetting process. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just. Is she, is she well spoken? Does yeah. she have clean shoes? You know, does she speak? Like there are things, but I'm like because I'm thinking of your legacy. Mm. You are not going to like bring a bum to this house and pretend like you don't matter or yeah. the kinds of people you associate with don't matter. Mm. But I'm not my dad. Like my dad has so much more to teach my brother that I would never understand. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, when you say this, people think it's an affront to single mothers and all of that. I don't care if it is. But it's, 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 it's a fact. <laughs> yeah, like, it's true. Who, who do we want the best for? Is it for yeah. the, the feelings of the mother or the children? Exactly. A society that's not rooted in looking out for children is a society doomed to failure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this, and it, it's so totally true that the mothers and fathers have different, different strengths roles. and roles that they bring to the, the situation. Yeah. I mean... I dread to think how soft I would be if I didn't have my father around when I was growing up. So, I mean, and, and I can see it in my own children. But my own children are very kind. And when they hurt themselves, I'm the one who's like, look, don't cry. You yeah. know, you've got to toughen up. Exactly. And my wife would just indulge their crying. And it's, and it's totally normal. I don't blame her for doing it. But it's a genuinely hard line for me. I'm just like, nope, nope, you no. Need, you need yeah. that balance. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing because we've gotten so used to not wanting to hurt anyone's feelings. We can't say certain, like certain things like this, this rise in Hollywood of these single women, either hiring a surrogate because they're in their forties or fifties and they, they just want a child. I'm like, it's not about what you want. If it's when it comes to children, it's not about what you want. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, 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 I feel bad for saying this because I even know people I have colleagues and stuff who like, you know, they got into their forties and like, I don't need to wait for a man. I want a child. You are, you are, you are being selfish. Yes. I'm sorry. You are, this child needs a mother and a father. You should have planned your life in a way. And maybe you were deprived of the choice because you weren't raised to even have the skills to look for that kind of well, person. No, no, and that's totally but, true. But, but it's, it, uh, I mean, I can't have blue eyes and blonde hair. I need to accept certain realities in life. But the, the, 
planned your life is, I think, the most important thing because people don't in the West. Yeah. We do not. We live forever in the moment and expect this one moment to just last forever and then for us to be able to get whatever we want from where we are, wherever we are now. And if but we it, don't, then it's a It's a bigger problem when it comes to men. Because if men were better and more deliberate about planning their lives, women will fall in line. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I've met men that were like, oh, my ex was crazy. We dated for three years. I said, oh, okay. And like this person's 35. I was like, so what are you going to do next differently? I was like, oh, maybe take it a bit slower. Huh? You're 35. What are you, you, know, you, you dated this woman for three years. What yeah. are you going to do? Date someone for 10 years before you find yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just like, you make poor decisions. You don't learn from that. You are a poor leader. You are not someone that you don't warrant the kind of woman that you want. Yes. That, that's, that's the bottom line. Well, that's another thing as well. Men, men are just deliberately trained not to take themselves seriously. Because because society has has stopped taking men seriously. Society has stopped talking to men about the, their legacy because apparently that's patriarchal. Good. And I'm, and I'm just... I'm pro-patriarchy. You, you, know, you need to bring back the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah. Treat men like they matter yeah. so they can take their lives seriously. Mm. And um, when that happens, women will fall in line. If you tell a woman, actually, I'm looking for a wife and kids and you don't match up, you know the next year she's lost 50 kilos. She's, she's, she's bought some cookbooks. She doesn't need a second airplane seat. I, <laughs> the Lord. Assuming she's a natural woman and there's no bulge hidden somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Assuming. I mean, it's just people, people, because not everyone has the privilege of growing up where they're being told this. I completely accept yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. I think it's a culture wide issue. I think, you know, generations of, of women, particularly, have actually robbed young women of the, the, the choice because they haven't raised them that way. Fine. But, but also young men. It's... But you have to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It just has to just be the harsh truth about it. Just like, sorry, no, actually, you've got to do some work. And to be honest, I feel like it's sad that a lot of people, like that void is being filled by the red pill bullshit that we're seeing online. Well, the, the red pill bullshit is a total reaction and a cope yeah. in response to the fact that these are not worthy men. Like, oh, wor worthy men don't ever think about any of this stuff. Like the, the Piers Brosnan thing with his, yeah. his wife going around. I mean, A, she's 60. Of course, she's putting on a little bit of weight. Give her a break. But like the fact that like you've got some 20 year old kid going, look, your wife will get fat when she's 16. It's like, bro, by the time you will be bald and yeah, fat yourself. But, it, but even that, exactly, yeah, you will. But like by the time you get to Piers Brosnan's age, that just won't matter to you. You because know? they don't understand what marriage is about. I mean, yeah. like that, that woman that you're mocking is a part of him. Yeah, exactly. And she, she's not just a part of him. She's a part of loads of people. You know, she's mm. she's got two sons with him. She's, you know, like a core part of his life. And he doesn't think like a 20 year old man. Exactly. Like, he's not thinking like that's a 40, why he got married. Again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just, like, but that, but that you can see that there's no thought to the life plan from the person who posted the critique of his wife when she was 60. Like he didn't think one day I'll be an old man and one day I'll have the concerns. And am I worthy? Yeah. Because in all of this, I'm like, you have to remember Piers Brosnan actually convinced two beautiful women to give him five children. Yeah, he did great. He was, he was worthy of that. Are you worthy? Yeah. And we're not yeah. talking about, you know, Nick Cannon and his 15 kids mm -hmm. with these unworthy, because those women are not worthy. Seriously, they were not raised properly. They, they, they are breeding like a cockroach with an unworthy man, right? Yeah. Are you worthy of, the, of a quality woman? Mm. That's exactly And most people don't ask themselves. Most people are not discerning in that way. It's not like, and I, I, I take a bigger issue when it comes, especially with women, maybe because I'm a woman, but I just, there's nothing more off-putting than like a haughty woman with no self-awareness and all of that. Because it's like, it's true, yeah. <laughs> because we think who, if someone raised their standards, then society would change. Of yeah. course, I think ultimately lies with men. If men raise their standards and things would change, but women have a role to play as well. If you're tolerating a man not treating you like a lady, you are setting a standard. Well, one of the major problems is women giving easy access to sex. Sex. Frankly. And you knew where I was going with it. Don't even just, get me started. It, it just, 
it's an entirely downward spiral because you the you you are right that if men just adopted some standards, women would change. But if women adopted some standards, men would change like that. I mean, yeah. men would just literally do whatever it took well, to get the wife. It's, it's a self-esteem issue as well because I'm like, how low must your self-esteem be to not see your body as something sacred? Like, it's like, I was we, like, we don't you... have a concept of the sacred. So if, if a thousand people in a room spat in their hands, would you go and shake every single one of their hands? God. That's like, what you're doing is more, is worse, it's, more it's intimate than more that. Disgusting. Exactly. It's more intimate yeah. than that. You yeah. wouldn't do that. But somehow you think like having just like sex with a random person is, there's nothing wrong with it. It's normal. It's not cheapening yourself. Yeah. Like sometimes you have sex with someone, you don't even know their middle or last name. You've not met anyone in their lives. Are you not embarrassed? And you're only going to meet them for one day. So it's it's it. There's something deeply wrong with. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a crisis of um, self-esteem amongst other things. But it's just a genuine civilizational crisis as well. Like it's it, it affects everything <coughs> about our culture, and we don't understand how disgusting we look to the outside world as well. Yeah, it's we, sad. we genuinely don't. Um, but uh, but anyway, I guess uh, I guess we'll leave that there and just go to some comments. Um. Richard says, uh, it's always great to see Esther. She has cutting and often hilarious insights that always make me laugh. Hot drinks should be avoided. Okay, why, <laughs> why should hot drinks be avoided? Hot drinks? Yeah. On a date or in general? Well, just generally. I mean, I, well, what's the, what, why well, should I hot drinks be avoided? Maybe, I don't know, tea. I, I don't. I like tea. Yeah, I, I think hot drinks mainly stain your teeth, but it's like it's you true, yeah. brush your teeth. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's not on downward slope. Yeah, hot drinks are like, the thing is, offering <laughs> someone tea is really nice. Yeah. You don't want to turn down like. No. A nice warm drink. Let's have tea and biscuits. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anne says, all of this racial strife shown in the movie in the first segment uh, does not help anyone. IBM CEO tells his employees not to hire white people. All of this is decreasing meritocracy because colors matter, color matters more than skill. Uh, this is going to be scary when the current crop of airline pilots and doctors are in the workforce. Oh, yeah. Man, I tell you what, right? Many of whom will be from India, probably. Because oh. <laughs> they're the people that bother to push their kids. So... I, I had a moment a few years ago when I was in America. I was in the waiting room to get on a plane and there were a bunch of um, fat black women who were the stewards and they were not very professional okay. is the way I would describe it. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm about to get a bloody airplane. Um. And I got on the airplane, I looked in the cockpit, and it's just these two really straight-laced white guys. And I genuinely had a moment of, oh, okay. Yeah. I was genuinely worried. Stereotypes are rooted in... in like I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm I couldn't not, help it. I'm not, I'm not joking. Like I had a similar experience. I flew to the US, and I got, I think it was I-80 in Dallas Airport. Right. Anyway, and in front of me, there was this Indian lady, and she, the, 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 the um, I don't know, TSA agent was a black American woman. She was like, very big actually yeah. and she was like do you have any like fresh fruit or vegetables and she was like I have apples in my bag and the lady was like apples you can't bring no apples here and she like got <laughs> really angry and like oh no not apples yeah she stomped out of her seat unlocked it it's like show me them apples and so she followed her to like the, the bad carriage area and she was like and I saw I remember turning around I saw her with like a bag <laughs> like something like from a skit and I was like you know it doesn't take very much for you to just be polite yeah but also it's not a bag of cocaine it, well, well like, there's that but, <laughs> and she's probably never eaten an apple yeah, before yeah. given her size but I, I, I think if people held themselves to higher standards yeah. and, and realize that actually being of good character, being polite, being courteous and all of that, it's not a reflection of society or how you feel society sees you or treats you, but it's a reflection of yourself and your values. Things would be very different. Oh, yeah. 
Like no, no one of no one of a good character and who's polite to other people has a hard time in the world. Exactly, and it's not conditional on whether you think someone sees you a particular way. And let's say they do, you're it's, still gonna be more polite to someone. Exactly, who's polite back. you can sleep at night. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. No, no, you're, you're, t- you're totally right. Um, Ethelstan says, "I find it concerning that this film is being made, but even more worrying is the Obama-produced post-apocalyptic world in which there is a line saying they cannot trust white people." Former president and his wife signing off on that uh, seems to be churning out a really high volume. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's like the thing is, it's such an obvious cope because everyone can see the statistics of the condition of the American black community. And it's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? It's like, well, the white man has made his peace. Has he? You know, was that a choice? You know, that it was- I mean, the thing is, I often say that. If you you can paint a completely different picture of Black America, if you the people that you surveyed were um, Nigerian Americans as opposed to mm. sort of African Americans, yeah, and I think that should tell you something. And they get so touchy when you say this, but actually, it, you, <laughs> most change, most profound change happens from within. Yes, and I think if you've developed a habit of constantly blaming external sources, you're not really serious about doing anything differently. Yeah, well, you're not taking responsibility for the problem that exactly proliferated. I mean, is it any, is it the fact that the, 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 I don't know, the people that you see that are hailed in the black community are often rappers and football players and not yeah. businessmen. I mean, I can't really name very five, like Warren Buffett of the black community. That should, that should tell you something. Kanye West is a successful businessman. I mean, I he's, wanna, he's yeah, he's got a bit off. Future, the... future who has seven kids by six different women. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, there's no one that you'd hold up as a, a model citizen. Is even the people that you hold up as models, as models, they're seen as oh, they talk white or they pander to the white. I mean, they, they find some way to denigrate them. And I'm like, look, at the end of the day, responsibility lies on your shoulders. If you're looking around yourself and you're not seeing what you like, I, I would highly suggest you don't blame someone who genuinely doesn't give a shit about you. No. Most, most white people don't, don't walk around thinking, how can I bring down the black man today? No. They have taxes to pay, they don't think about them at all. Well, it's just, the they don't think about like even members of your own family that much, yeah, probably. Genuinely, I just. Anyway, it should be empowering, but it's not, apparently. <laughs> um, Sophie says, uh, you know, I'm glad they get to make these movies because now it's just blatant. No one can deny it. There's a group of people that just hate white people. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose just having it out in the open is better than... I think it, like, the thing is people being, say, oh, that kicked them out. Or, like, Listen, you've opened Pandora's box. There's nothing. The only thing you can do is ignore them and let them breathe themselves out. That's it. Uh, Ethel Stan again says uh, fat airline seat seats is just first class uh, that's the whole point of paying more money for greater space and, space and comfort uh, Ron says if I ran an airline I'd be charging people based on the total weight they bring on the plane yeah, doesn't matter if it's, bo- if it's luggage or body fat you get the whole package on the big scale and charge them based on that obese people ultimately call, cause plane tickets to cost more as the flight companies need to put more fuel on to get them on the ground yep. it's natural that people they should pay more to fly but also if they're being given free seats they're going to be driving up the cost of each seat anyway well yeah exactly and it's also unsafe I mean I know no one is talking about this but it's unsafe what do you mean like having these really really because the thing is as each person gets bigger you're you're, and you're apparently luggage weight like the luggage specification is staying the same you're having more heavier passengers but the the same weight for, for your cargo does it miss? Well, well, not non-human cargo. Let me be specific. Because someone suggested they put them in the cargo, cargo hold. So at some point, they're just going to be like, actually, we're really teetering on a net knife's edge here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the physics of it at all, but uh, I'm, I'm just, 
resentful. I would be so angry. Yeah, I know. I just can't even imagine getting to the airport and just being like, yeah, sorry, you're not on this flight. It's like, yeah, I am. I've got this ticket and everything. I'm sure, uh, fat is, I'm sure the flight attendants felt bad. Okay. They must have been mortified. Yeah. Like, yeah, look, I'm really sorry, ma'am. You know. This is the policy. Yeah, it's not my choice. What, what would an overweight person have done? Complain? I know. What would the rationale be? You are sitting in someone else's seat. That's the, <laughs> you can't do that. So you will have to get off. Like, sorry. It's it's really not like any anyway anyway. Uh, Alex says uh, the lady on the flight to Toronto is pleading with God not to be seated next to a fat phobe, and yet referred to herself as being in a, a larger, larger body. body. <laughs> uh, the utter delusion that requires two distinct vocabularies to describe how others perceive her and how she describes herself. Yep. That's a great point, actually. Yeah, it's um, uh, literally creating like two separate realities in her own head. But she lacks self-awareness. That's the point. But also, there's, a, there's a, a shocking amount of indulgence, right? Like, we should be using the one vocabulary to describe the one thing. Yeah. And so, right, if you're morbidly obese, you shouldn't be calling yourself someone who's in a larger body, you know? Or what is it? Um, big something. There's some big boned. Oh, well, yeah, that's um, obviously not the case. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because the thing is, like, when you scan them, it's just like your bones are the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can actually see through you yeah exactly there's just a whole bunch of fluff around it <laughs> uh, as desert rat says i grew up in a household of finish your plate as an adult i had to t- this this chap's from arizona yeah and he says as an adult i had to teach myself to measure my portions and be okay with saving leftovers for the next meal the next day taking leftovers home in a box from a restaurant is very acceptable yeah. that, that was another weird thing about america doggy bags i think they call them yeah in in britain obviously you don't take your food home from the restaurant but then you're not given an unrealistic amount of food to eat. Yeah. And so it's just really weird in America. It's just like, yeah, we'll just take this home. It's like, why would you want to reheat like this? You know, it's very bizarre. Very weird. And also it might not be very good using microwave that much to reheat like old meat in particular. I don't know. It's probably fine, but like, like most things like that aren't going to taste good. Yeah. You know, like reheat. Well, we don't have ridiculous portion sizes. I mean, I bought a medium sized drink from McDonald's. Um, when I was in Maryland and I, I finished it over three days. I put it in the fridge and I could only finish it over three days. It, it was just so big. I could not believe it. Like the cup was the size of my head. Uh, Kevin says, I saw a thing today about a couple with a combined weight of 55 stone. Jesus. <laughs> being banned from using the local taxis in their town in the UK. That's so funny. 55 stone. Wow. People. I mean, they deserve each other quite literally. Well, I, I think they probably can't get away from each other. Uh, Rue the Day says, as a recovering foodaholic, I beg society to bring back social shaming. We need it, and it's good for us. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. We need to bring back shame. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, so many people. So many people. I mean, I remember I did um, a show when some guy was like, if I was fat, would you have called me a beached whale? That wouldn't have helped. And I was like, well, I wouldn't have called you a beached whale because I don't know you. But you own a mirror. You know how you looked. Let's, let's, let's not pretend here. Maybe calling... less cutting to just call them a beached whale. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> Me calling you a beach. I don't, you're not my friend, but we don't have to pretend here. I would, the, the thing is, this happens all the time. Oh, Esther, would you call me fat if you met me? It's like, no, I don't know you, but you own a mirror. Yeah. So let's get back to the culture of lies. Right? This, <laughs> this, 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 this is where the lies come in because it protects people's feelings. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, that makes you a horrible fat. I was like, no, you're misunderstanding me. I don't need to go up to someone and abuse them. That's you know what my you character. are. But you own a mirror. Yeah. You know exactly what you look like. You didn't just wake up yeah. 20, 30 stone. The, the, there, is, there is a remarkable culture of self-delusion in the West. Absolutely. And they, they try and vilify you as an individual. I'm like, look, you're not, that's not my character. You're not going to get anyone to say yes as a kind of person. So drop that. Mm. 
But I'm not going to sit here and say, you are sexy. <laughs> you are not sexy. You have diabetes. I think it's the laugh that really <laughs> drives the knife in. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you couldn't believe it. I was like, you've known me for years. You know I'd never call you fat, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like you're skinny. Um, the Crusader says, Oh, the irony of that article asking for compassion regarding fatties. Yeah. Hey, dumbass, we're telling you to lose weight out of compassion because we know it will destroy your life. I think that's what's really upset people, the fat story. Yeah. Because it's so jarring. Well, it, it's so uncompassionate to try and pretend like it's a perfectly normal, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. That's totally true. I don't even want to make that judgment because I'm not paying their medical bills. That's one thing I'm, I'm appreciative Well, I've, I pay for the NHS, so the I difference. am paying their bloody This is the thing. Bills. Whenever I have these conversations yeah. in the NHS, like, it's no one's business. Actually, it is. No, it's totally my business. I, I know pay. how much I'm paying. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Um, but in America, I'm fine. You know, yeah, in America, yeah, fine, I suppose yeah. it doesn't matter. But over here, I definitely get to fat shame. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm literally it's, in it's, it for the like, money. It's not your business. Actually, it is. Yeah, it's totally my business. Um, but uh, yeah, Joe says, uh, Carl, you're really disrespecting the rights of fat people. It's especially bad because they have three to four times as many rights as a normal person. Well, <laughs> but that's, and three to that's, four times the number of fat cells. Exactly. That's, that's totally true, though. Like, I, like I, I wouldn't even be that bothered about it. If it wasn't, someone actually had to pay the price there. You know, literally this woman's like, I can't get on the plane. But we're, the thing is, we're breeding, like we're, we're, we're encouraging a culture of resenting people that already have issues. You can't be fat and insufferable. Yeah. You have to pick a struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be fat and jolly or skinny and a bitch. Yeah, loose. I, ideally, you can be skinny and nice. But <laughs> ideally, you don't yeah. live in a perfect world. You <laughs> cannot be both. Because now I feel bad. Because it's like one entitled fat person. Like Now you say, oh, she must have an attitude. You're like, oh, actually, no, I know I'm fat. I'm sorry. I did book two seats. Yeah, I mean, if like that's the thing, isn't it? Like, if you weren't taking this highly abrasive attitude, if you're just like, look, I'm really sorry. Yeah, you know, I know, I know what's going on, but like, I'm really sorry about this. I'm sure the average person will be like, don't worry about it's it. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, you I know, yeah, that's that's actually where compassion will come from. Do you want to come for a walk with me? That no, seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. people would be more inc inclined to be compassionate if they you didn't have an attitude about it because at the end of the day it's not society's fault that you're this way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't make it that way. Exactly. You know, and then when you get a d second dessert, I'm not even allowed to tell you you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, Christian Johnson says, it's not just that they're allowed to live in their delusions, but they're actively protected from outside opinions by law. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's another thing as well. It's like, look, you know, I'm, I mean, it could well be in Britain that it's some kind of legal question about discrimination if you would say any of the things that you've said to someone. About being fat. I'm not even joking. Which is, might, which is it might be I mean but the thing is if it's true, like why is Well, a lot of things are true that we're not allowed to say in this country. Yeah. Culture of lies. Yeah. Exactly. Say. Yeah, we, we infantilize people and we lie to them. No, I agree. I, and the thing is it's 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 kind of um it, it's been a it's been a cultural norm in Britain for a long time to be tactful, I suppose you try and say it. Yeah. And that and and the thing is like Germans view that as a kind of dishonesty. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. It's a very strange it's yeah. actually like a Europe wide attitude. They're like, why should we not say the truth? Yeah, and, and in Britain where we we think propriety and tact is more important than just being direct with something. Which is incredible because the Americans think neither of that. So I don't I'm I'm actually yeah, surprised it's an American thing. Yeah, they didn't inherit it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh Core Wizard says, uh, I don't get why they can't just swim across the ocean like the rest of the whales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 going to happen because they can swim. Yeah. Well, They'd probably just float. Oh, yeah. Technically, they can float. But like swimming is a high impact. Sport. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Atra says, uh, one of the reasons that men, men are hesitant to propose 
has to do with the lingering elements of the Me Too movement. When you treat all men as toxic, don't be surprised when the good ones will try and stay away from your own good. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure that's the case. I think it's initiating relationships that the Me Too movement really interfered with. I don't think it's about the proposal to marriage. I, I think at this point it's men not having a position of pride, a position of honor, as you put it, uh, from being the husband. Yeah. Like so it used to be that as a man, you did gain something from being the it's, husband. It was a status symbol. Exactly. It was a, um, exactly. And I think, I think with the Me Too movement as well, we, we, we deliberately encouraged delusion around intersexual dynamics. Oh, yeah. Men find women attractive. Wherever, they, wherever they find them, yeah. they find them attractive. This is why clubs can have like, you know, free women's nights and they still make a profit because men will flock. Yeah. Right. We need to stop. We need to stop pretending. And most people spend their time at work. Most people meet other people, their significant others at work. We need to stop pretending like if a CEO falls in love with a secretary, oh my God, it's, it's just like, what are you talking about? Yes. Women, women like men who have status and men like women. Who are attractive and not like beach whales. Yeah. Whatever Victoria's Secret model is. is but, is, uh, but yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with that, Atrus. I, I think it's a little further down the chain. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I really think the, the status thing is something we don't think about at all. Like there, there is, it is a position of honor and it is right that it is ascribed to the men because women know, have their own position. If, if women treated men like that, responsible men in that way with respect, I think that would change as well. Because mm-hmm. if a man knows that in a woman's mind, she finds it more attractive when he has responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And we saw, I mean, the red pill stuff, it's so strange. Like they demonize people like, like single mother, single father, or people with children. I'm like, no, it's attractive that you, you've taken the responsibility of, of, of raising a child. Mm-hmm. If we treated these sorts of things with the respect they deserve, be, the, the culture would completely change. Men would aspire to this. Charlie says, I find it funny that young women are always going on about wanting a traditional man to pay bills while they stay at home and yet they can't even boil an egg. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like th- this is another thing as well. Like, uh, I saw a thing on, on on Twitter the other day. It was some you know, red pill guy uh, who had had a conversation with a woman and said, "Oh, I'm looking for a traditional traditional woman." And she replied back, "Oh, that sounds great. I you know I'd like to be a part of a traditional man uh, household." And they started going through, it and it, he came to the business and said, "What you expecting me to pay for everything?" Like, yeah, you're a traditional man. Yeah, she's not going to have a job. Well, exactly. Of course you're going to. It's not even like she's not going to have a job. You're the man. Yeah. Like, I, I think I've not even been out. I, I remember saying this to my friend. I was like, even I tried to pay for like a meal that me and my male cousin had in Ghana. And he was really upset. He was like, I was trying to disgrace him. Like, like even taxi drivers. I've had taxi drivers refuse to let me pay for anything just by virtue of well, me being the woman. No, but the thing <laughs> is, but it's because they expected a certain level of respect from me and a certain level of, of deference, if you would. If, yeah, if yeah, you would. Yeah. Like, that's. I don't understand. Like most of the people that say the things that they want actually can't get it. Yes. Like if you say you want, like my mom always said she wanted me to have the option, right? Mm-hmm. So she knew that oh, I would go to university. I was intelligent, all of that. But she was like, I was in the kitchen from like twelve mm. because she was like she wouldn't be doing her job right if she robbed me of the option yeah. of of having a, a, a certain kind of lifestyle. She didn't. She at some point may have wanted a career, but you know she prioritized being with me and my brother and taking care of the house and all of that. Mm-hmm. She, the people don't have the choice because we've, we've made the choice for them and we've yeah. pushed this binary bullshit. And I have to say, just having a career is not that great. Like, most it's, people, it's not most nearly people as have terrible as, careers. Yeah, exactly. I was saying this to a yeah. friend. I was like, look, because I don't stack shelves in Tesco, I realized that I, I'm very fortunate to have a job that I love and I'm in a career that I really enjoy. So I, I will like, I will work and all of that. But I'm like, I'm like 1%. Yeah. Most women... Yeah. Try and not do that yeah. because your jobs suck. Yeah. Being an office manager, you're not changing the world. You're, not, you're really not doing very much. And, and also, it, <laughs> do you really enjoy it? Do you really enjoy, enjoy it? it? Do you, you know? enjoy being told what to do by someone who's not your husband? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
Charlie again says, regarding marriage, I proposed to my girlfriend about a year ago this month. Oh, okay. Uh, she often has said it was a huge surprise. To Wait, often... are you not married? I think he is married. Okay. But I think he's engaged. Okay. Um, but she, she's, he, he says, uh, of course it was a surprise. I, if I didn't know I was going to do it, how would you? Uh, the most nerve-wracking thing of all things was ringing her father to get his blessing. Yeah. He was only more than happy to give it. I tell you what, it is terrifying uh, to sort of propose. Yeah. It's genuinely terrifying. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, what if she said no? You should be more terrified to meet my family. But they look like the set of Black Panther. <laughs> Genuinely, you will see like hundreds of big, bold black men looking at you like the scum on their shoe. I'm <laughs> that worried about more, that. That's... That should be more terrifying. No, 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 no. no. Oh, my dad is so, what are you doing in my house? No, that's fine. And like, fine. we have like pit bulls and rottweilers. Like, that's no, fine. no, no, no. <laughs> well, honestly, that, that is all fine because that's, that's just a physical issue. Right. Okay. That's a physical issue. And that's okay. You can deal with that. Yeah. The 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 problem is when you think you you're you're like, okay, yeah, she's definitely gonna say yes. And if she would say no, that means that that's you've misread everything completely. Yeah. Well, like, and it's what? it's a psychic problem that you have there, you know. Like okay. you know, getting... oh, so the fear is she might say no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, right. I thought the fear is just like oh, no, the, no, no. doing the act. Okay. No, no, no. The the fear is that you misread the signs so completely that you don't really understand the world properly. And yeah. that the person that you thought you were gonna spend the rest of your life with actually didn't feel the same way about you. Right. And so that's Oh, that's a huge problem. Because yeah, exactly. then the values are misaligned. It's like, why did yeah, you exactly. spend this much time with me if you didn't exactly. Yeah, that's a what, huge problem. You know, what what was my perception of the world so completely wrong? Like, you know, oh, you've got a bunch of you know big family members. Okay, yeah, fine. You know, that's no problem. I can't believe that's okay with you. Like that's, that's fine. Really? Yeah, of course. Why would that be a problem? I don't know. I feel like my uncles are like really intimidating. Yeah, they might be. That's, oh gosh. that's fine. Like it's as as Physical violence is not that bad for men. Right? It's not that bad. Oh, that's the difference. Yeah, it's yeah. very bad for women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Like, I'm terrified of having a horrible mother-in-law. Because I'm like, sure, but like, you know, okay, you have a fight with someone and even if you lose, okay, it's not the end of the world, right? Yeah. But it's, it's just, that's not the end. Well, of but it's a pride thing if she says no. It's, that's, not, that's, it's not just pride. It's worse than that because like you're really putting your heart on the line when you yeah, propose. Okay. And, and if she would say no, then it would be genuinely heartbreaking. Do you think that relationship can be salvaged if she says yeah. no? I think that's the breakup as well. Oh, I mean, why are you together? Yeah. You know, what's the point? I need time. Go, it's fine. Go, yeah, okay, go find yeah. someone else to give you time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if she's not saying no to you when you propose, then you're not the one. Just yeah. Go find your proper wife. You oh, know? gosh, that's horrible. Yeah, so it's really scary for men to do it. And so it's like, why don't women propose? Why do you want to propose? I, I just, I just like, my knees don't bend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, which is exactly the right way women should look at it. It's like, no, no, no. It's, um, it's, it's fundamentally a disrespect. They're disrespecting you to your yeah. core. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's disrespectful to him, but it's also disrespectful to her. To herself, yeah. Like, don't do it. Another thing is uh, double-barreled names or not taking Stupid. his name. Don't, guys, don't marry a woman who's not going to take your name. Yeah. Like, that's your privilege as a man that you pass your name down to your sons. You must have your wife take your name. Yeah. There's just no question. I have a friend, though. She said she, it's only her and her sister. And her parents are very like you know we have no sons please don't take your husband's name so they're a very rare case but i'm like yeah okay i i my my, friend, my parents have my brother and i'm like yeah. my grandfather had 10 kids they're nine like yeah, other yeah. than my dad they're nine of you it's fine yeah i don't i don't I, for me it's not a big deal yeah. but i i think it's something that it's, it's important yeah it should be enforced basically. yeah it should you know it should be culturally normal i think it says a lot about the woman 
that like it says a lot about the woman and her values it's, it's the same thing like you know i've i've turned down dates with a guy that like on the day of the day he's like hey so what's the plan and i was like oh, i thought like this is a date yeah where am i meeting you i'm getting dressed i'm wearing a dress and heels yeah. and he was like oh i thought you could recommend something i was like you are not oh, you are not God. the person yeah that's weak no honestly it? and i just like and yeah. they, like they, they blew up my phone started calling me emailing me i was like this is over don't worry about it like i'm not the woman for you harsh on him though yeah but the thing harsh is harsh. i mean i'm not once, saying it's not just but, but once you see there's a value misalignment there's literally yeah, yeah. no point going forward but also like you you've got to feel kind of bad for him right because he's been raised in a society that's um i guess con- excessively consent based so every they made single it okay to, for him to not have those kinds of standards yeah exactly and it, but they've, they've put it in his mind that you're not the one who is trying to impress her you're not the one who's trying to show her a good time yeah. it's actually not about that and it's like no no but that is what a lot of women want yeah no but this is the thing if you treat a woman like a lady she will see you as a gentleman yeah. if re- that that is what do you want do you want a lady or do you want a street rat well a lot of men apparently are happy with street rats yeah um kevin says uh, i worked once with a guy who when he got married took his wife's name ha! <laughs> Back in the early 90s, this was pretty much unheard of. Get a castration as well. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. Like, I, I can't even imagine. I think my dad would be furious. I think, not even, no, he wouldn't even be furious. He'd be really disappointed. I, I, I mean, I, for me, I genuinely cannot think of a more emasculating thing to do. No. I'm like, she, she could have the most amazing everything. She could do to you what Meghan Markle does to Harry. And it what, still would not be worth it. him. Well, <laughs> what she does to him in the bedroom for, yeah, to, whatever. To, give him, to make him give up his life. And it still would not be worth it. Oh, no. God, no. God, no. My, I, I can only imagine the look on my dad's face. Horrified. Yeah, break, break my heart. Um, but he says, to be fair, his surname was Cuckoo. Mm-hmm. So hyphenating her name on the end made him a little bit less of a laughing stock. But you could always change your name if you needed. Exactly. You make know. it Smith. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, genuinely, change your name. We're all the Smiths now. Yeah, exactly. That'd be fine. But then it's a, again, it's just a, a point of nobility yeah. at this point, you know. Legacy. It's a legacy issue. Yeah, absolutely. You have absolutely. no shame. Oh my God. You should have, you should have ostracized that person from your life. Joe Schmo says, it's easy to talk a big game about fat women on the internet, Carl. Why don't you get a SeaWorld and say that to their faces? <laughs> Oh, I'm not that brave. They would sit on you. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Just give me a bunch of giant garnered men to fight instead. Yeah, very much. Well, you don't have to do very much because they can't chase you. <laughs> I'm not the world's greatest runner, to be honest. Um, but uh, right, I suppose we'll end it there. So, Esther, where can people find more from you? Uh, on Twitter and a bunch of other bits and bobs. I'm usually so. Doing... Go back to the Twitter a sec, John. So it's at Esther K underscore K. Yes. Yep. Uh, and on Instagram, I mostly post memes, and uh, I do I write um, for newspapers. I mm-hmm. do broadcasting work across some various channels. Yep. Um, so that's it. Do you ever find yourself? Um, I imagine you must find yourself regularly engaging with uh, left wing men on these. Yes. How do they take you? Left wing men, I'm telling you, are not different from right wing men. They've just they've just allowed themselves to lower their standards. They want the exact same things. Every time I say these right. things, they find they they know they they find what I'm saying attractive, but they, right, they they're right. like, oh, but the patriarchy. But you love it. Yeah, but it's, I'm pro patriarchy. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's like that forbidden fruit. Yeah. They they want the same thing. They just they they feel like they can't have it. Right. Okay. That's interesting. That's the so, difference. So basically, they've been sort of whipped into line by the 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 women. 
this but this is what I'm saying. Society has deluded women that we don't have a superpower. I'm like, look, I I'm I'm very big on standards. I'm like, if you are a well dressed, polite, beautiful woman, you will never be disrespected in public, almost never. And 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 I say this because if you let people make you place value on like you know how feminist you are, your your degrees or whatever, you are ridding yourself of of something very very valuable. Mm-hmm. How you present yourself in the world goes a very long way, and don't let anyone tell you differently. Totally. Men and women. So all these laughing guys are like, oh yeah, I I, I definitely want a, a tattered up woman with nose piercings and blue short hair. Please. All of them were watching like 90s sitcoms falling in love with the beautiful brunette with long hair. And on that note, we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks Esther thank so much for joining me. me. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow, folks.